I'm Danette May, and today on Manifestable, I spent hours in meditation, loving myself, and really going, why have I stood in front of the mirror so many times and looked at my body and didn't say loving things? This beautiful body that we all get to live in that takes us from A to B and allows us to live out this life experience, we should love it. We should love every inch of it. We are not our bodies. Welcome to Manifestable, where you'll receive profound breakthroughs, courage to break old patterns, and live into your soul's purpose. Each week, I will bring you epic guests, live coaching, and manifestation tools to remind you of your power. You have the ability to achieve extraordinary things, and the time to start is now. Here's the truth. 33% of adults overeat due to stress and difficulty sleeping. And stress and lack of sleep leads to overeating. But what if I told you there are some powerful superfoods that can help reduce stress, help you sleep better, and make you feel more satiated? Allow me to introduce you to Golden Superfood Bliss by Earth Echo Foods. Golden Superfood Bliss is jam-packed with 12 powerful ingredients that crush hunger cravings and help relieve stress, making it the most potent and effective product of its kind on the market. For a limited time only, Earth Echo Foods wants to give you 15% off Golden Superfood Bliss and your entire Earth Echo order by using the code MANIFESTABLE at checkout. Go to earthechofoods.com earthechofoods.com and use the code manifestable at checkout for 15% off your order. Again, that's earthechofoods.com and use the code manifestable at checkout for 15% off your order today. Oh, hello guys. <laughs> You're not going to get any fanfare on today's episode because I've recorded this twice. I'm five days post-op from having hysterectomy surgery and unbelievable. This is my dedication to you guys because I recorded it first on my phone with the microphone connected to my phone sitting on the couch and it started popping and my team told me it was too much popping sound and distraction that I needed to re-record this. Then I went and recorded it and forgot to push the record button on my computer. So here we are, part three. So I've spent like a couple of hours on this. <laughs> so I keep, I'm asking spirit right now. I'm like, okay, the last two hours of content that I shared that is obviously never going to see the light of day. What am I not sharing that you want me to share? What? do people want to hear when it comes to hearing about this journey with my health? And wow. So I'm really asking that right now. I'm literally sitting with you right now. And this is what I do when things start to break, whether my lose information on my computer or something shuts down, or if my car breaks down or something just doesn't go as planned, I usually ask spirit, what do I not know that I'm not seeing that I need to know? What is it that I'm not seeing or saying in this case? What am I not saying that needs to be said? So that's what I'm going to ask. And so I'm going to really feel into each one of you who are listening and hopefully be able to share what needs to be shared that, so that you don't feel alone. What I do know is there is not a lot of information out there when it comes to women's health to 
our organs, our reproductive system, our hormones. There's not a lot of information around hysterectomies, yet hysterectomies are all over the place. And there's not a lot of information on before and after care, especially the metaphysical stuff, especially the spiritual work that I really believe makes or breaks your journey when it comes to your body. So that is my goal is to be able to share with you vulnerably. That's why I chose to do it five days post-op because it's raw. It's real. I'm still in it. I'm facing it. And I want you to hear from that perspective. And I do believe that the first two weeks after surgery are the most informative. And then the second is before surgery. How are you prepping mentally, spiritually, emotionally? Because all of this plays into our well-being. The things that you may be removing through surgery will come up in other ways if we don't address them spiritually. I believe our bodies are antennas. They're communicating with us. They're telling us information about traumas, about the friends we're keeping, the job we're doing, the things that are out of alignment for our soul, the words we're speaking or not speaking, the things we've cleared or not cleared when it comes to our emotions, our feelings, our truth. And the body will communicate either in disease, sickness, pain in the body, weird things in the body that you have to have surgery for. And so I really come from that belief system. I know this to be true. I do deep healing experiences for women all around the globe and have been firsthand witness of their transformational healing because they chose to do the deep inner work, to look at their past traumas, to forgive, to love every parts of themselves. And I've watched magical healing happen. So here I am going to tell you that that is exactly what I did. That's exactly what I did. But I, what I want to do is share the metaphysical things I did, the physical things I did, the foods I ate, the movement the exercise, all of it so that I can be radically clear with you. And then I'm going to share first off, like, how did I find out about this? What led me to this decision to have hysterectomy surgery? And just be cl super clear, super raw with you. And yeah, let's get this party started, right? <laughs> so I'll just start with this. I, about two years ago, I remember camping and that's when I'm most in touch with my body. If you guys have never camped, I suggest it. I was off grid. I no cell service. You know, when you wake up in the morning, it's when your belly is the flattest, right? And I woke up that morning camping and I remember feeling a hard like kind of lump in my lower abdominal region. And my first thought was, oh, it must be my colon. I must have ate something camping that my body doesn't agree with and it's not digesting. This is how I took that information, right? And I've noticed something within myself and I want to bring it up because it may be happening within you too, where things are happening in your body, but you push it to the side. Oh, I'm just sleeping bad. Oh, I just ate something bad. Oh, whatever the thing is. You just keep saying, making up, kind of excuses versus going, hey, what could that be? I've never felt that before. And I did that. And it was because I was not in pain. And that's one of my bigger lessons is that the body will communicate regardless if you're in sheer pain or not. And I've also learned that pain can grow over time. It's kind of like that analogy of the frog heating up in the water you know, it just slowly put him in cold water and then you slowly heat it up and then he's cooked, right? 
And I feel like that can happen with our bodies and pain in our body. It can be really subtle and then just it slowly gets turned up, turned up, but you become a little bit immune to it. You become used to it that you just keep functioning. And I look at a lot of people around me and I think they are functioning addicts or functioning pain people, or they're just shoving down their emotions, their trauma, and they think they're fine. But the truth is their life could be so much better. And you guys, I'm sitting here five days post-op and I can tell you I'm in less pain five days post-op, even though I'm as slow as a turtle and I don't look like I'm out of pain. I'm not moving as spry as I was before. I am sleeping better and I'm in less pain. So that came on years and years of slowly building on to one another that I'm like, wow, I was not able to run like I used to. I just thought I was getting out of shape. Then I blamed it on my hip, blah, blah, blah. So I just want to say all of that really quick, that our bodies are antennas. They're communicating to us all the time. So I feel this lump and I start noticing it more and more. Every time I wake up in the morning, it's getting a little bit bigger. And when I get massages, especially in Costa Rica, they rub your belly and they'd be like, what is this in there? Have you had a cleanse? Have you done a cleanse? So I would take remove meat from my diet. I would try plant-based. I did all these things, but the lump was still there. Now, I also started noticing my hip and my psoas was hurting at night. I thought maybe I was over-exercising. I thought maybe something was wrong with my hip. And now I know that these fibroids were sitting on my nerves. (laughs) Did not know it at the time. So I went in to go get an MRI to check on my hip to see if there was some natural things that I could do to heal my hip so that I could go back to the things I love, like hiking and running. And I was always able to hike, but I got slower and slower with hiking. And I was like, why am I getting so slow with hiking? What is going on? And I get this MRI and then the results come back and (laughs) instead of talking about my hip, they're like, I think you might be aware that you have two large fibroids in your uterus that we're recognizing. Now, you guys, I was doing yearly PAPs and yearly female care and no one had picked up on it. No one noticed it. No one said anything. So I just want to bring that up. That's where I think there's a disconnect with women's health because no one was picking it up. No one was understanding it. So I then went to another doctor and we specialized, had a specialized MRI sent out so that I could actually really just do one specific to the uterus. And I remember getting off the MRI table the second time and the lady looking at me and she goes, I have never seen this large of fibroids in a girl your size. She's like, how are you hiding them? And I was like, I have no idea. (laughs) And I discovered I had like, two of them that they were saying were the size of grapefruits and then 70% of my uterus had tons of them. So of course, how I approached this was I was very practical. I was like, okay, obviously the fibroids have something to teach me. I'm going to get to that. But I was like, I want to do the most non-invasive possible option to get rid of these. And when you look it up, you're going to see UFE as one of the most, this embolization basically uterine embolization. And I decided to go that route because I was like, I do not want major surgery. I don't want to remove my uterus. I just am going to go this route, which they basically, if you look it up, they basically put these little beadlets through the veins and hopefully they starve out the fibroids and have them shrink, but they were never going to shrink fully. So this was a decision I made. And 
I was like, felt good about it, but it requires surgery to its own extent. They say there's quite a bit of pain because the uterus starts to contract after it. The surgery piece is done. And I had to fast. I had to prep. So I'm like ready to go into surgery, right? And (laughs) I get a call about an hour before the surgery. And the doctor's like, hey, I don't feel comfortable doing the surgery. I think we should cancel it. I'm like, what do you mean we should cancel? He's like, well... He's like, what I'm looking at and with you doing, having a little bit of bleeding, I think, because by the way, my, I just started to bleed like right before our surgery, but I also was playing to angels. So I'll get to that in a minute to like take over this situation. So I was like, oh, I'm bleeding. Maybe the fibroids are leaving. He's like, wait, hold up. I don't feel good about this. I think we need to rule out cancer. Now I didn't feel a resonance with the cancer word, but I think when we hear the word cancer, whether we think we resonate with it or not, it still takes us down a spiral road because of the way it's been brought up in our culture, right? It it has a power and a weight that all of us seem to understand. So he tells me that he thinks it potentially could be cancer and he wants to rule that out. He hurries and schedules me with this other doctor to rule out cancer and leads me on this chase of all these tests, right? So I'm going to pause right here. We're going to do a quick little ad. I'm going to get a drink and then I'll come back and finish out this podcast. So I have to ask you guys, can I share something a little vulnerable with you? You probably know by now that I'm a health expert, fitness professional, that I've coached thousands of people to living a healthier life. But the truth is sometimes I don't get enough vegetables and greens in my day. Yeah, I even struggle with this, you guys. And I know the power of superfoods with greens and micronutrients. But here's the deal. I live a busy life just like you. And not all the time do I want to eat a big salad with wheatgrass in it and micronutrients and probiotics and all the things that actually are really great for my body. But most green juices on the market are disgusting. They literally taste like licking the bottom of a lawnmower, let alone getting my kids to drink is just not going to happen. So I set out to try to make the best green juice on the market. One that's packed with actually all the nutrients. It's not watered down. It's organic, has all your trace minerals, it has your probiotic and all your superfood greens like spirulina, wheatgrass, all your fruits and vegetables in one serving. But the biggest key here is it needed to taste amazing. And I'm so happy to tell you, we created Island Bliss. And the reason it is called Island Bliss is because it tastes like you're sipping an Island Bliss drink on a beach. I'm not even joking. This tastes like orange dreamsicle. It is so delicious, but it has all of your vegetables, all of your fruit servings, your probiotics, your superfoods, and your trace minerals in one serving. It tastes so good. Kids will drink it just with water. I throw it in just plain water and ice. I sometimes throw it in my smoothies. It is super simple, super delicious. And right now for all of you, this is a one-time order here. What you can do is you can get your Island Bliss by going to earthechofoods.com. So like I said, go to earthechofoods, E-A-R-T-H, echo, E-C-H-O, foods.com and use the code manifestable, manifestable for 15% off your order at checkout. This is a huge discount. Trust me, you're going to love it. You're going to absolutely be amazed at the taste. You're going to get all of your superfoods in. Now I don't miss a beat. I take this traveling with me everywhere. It is so delicious. I actually find that it helps me not snack on 
sugary things because it is kind of naturally sweet. It's so good. So it actually helps me with my health goals. So I promise you, your body's going to thank me. So go ahead and go to earthechofoods.com at the checkout. Use the word manifestable, M-A-N-I-F-E-S-T-I-V-A-L, manifestable for 15% off your order at checkout. I love you guys. Now, before this surgery, I do recognize the body holds information. And so I was starting to really look at what was my uterus trying to tell me? Where have I maybe been ignoring its messages? What was the message for me? And I remember just one day working out in my home gym and just feeling into what does this uterus want to tell me? And I just broke down in tears because I remember just thinking about all the beautiful children that this uterus has housed and birthed with me. And how I had two C-sections and never really spent the time to honor it, thank it during those C-sections. And then how I held my son, had my son in my uterus and then birthed him naturally to hold him and then have that be the last time I ever hold him. And I just remember thinking, I don't know if I've really fully processed this and really paid the energy and the love and the attention that those moments held for me. So I started to really look at that. But right before this surgery I had scheduled and he had decided to cancel, you know, I started to bleed a little bit. And I was upset that he canceled this surgery. But in hindsight, now I know it was for my greater good. And so I want this to be a reminder that if things are not going the way you think they should go, perhaps they're going exactly the way they are meant to go for your highest good. And I couldn't see it at the time, but now I totally see it because now so many different doctors and experts that I talked to over the few months leading up to my hysterectomy surgery were like, that would not have been great for you. They were so big. There's no guarantee. It would have been very painful. All these things that I just didn't really know because I was just ready to handle it and take care of it. So once I decided to actually remove my uterus, which everybody kind of was an advocate for, but I also noticed that every surgeon had different thoughts on how you remove it, the way you remove it, all of it was, everybody was different. So that was really confusing for me, hence why I'm also doing this. But before I made that hysterectomy decision, I had to rule out cancer. I had to go through those steps to rule out cancer, which was about a week and a half process because they were trying to expedite the tests. And what I decided to do was to dive deep into what does cancer mean? What does cancer mean? And really look at the word, understand it on a deeper level. And for me, what it meant and the, the words that caught my attention were, Cancer was the abnormal duplication of cells, but also the healthy cells are a healthy duplication of cells. So the only difference between a cancer cell and a normal cell was in its duplication. And I started looking at, okay, my body is made up these healthy cells, cancer's abnormal cells. Can I look at all my cells and love every single one of them? Is that even possible? Can I do the deepest work that I've ever done on myself where I look at my past traumas? 
I look at my lineage of women in my lifeline. I look at where I can forgive more and really dive headfirst, take the time, work less and dive deeper into my healing. I admire so much the women that have come through my programs that take the time to do a week-long healing experience. I've watched miracles happen. I've watched them heal from things that they've had for 10 years, was a creative idea or actual ailments like cancer in their own bodies. And I had not fully done it with myself. I have a daily practice. I put a one-day healing experience on ahead of like a work trip for one day, but I had never spent five days, seven days diving deep into me, loving me, looking at my trauma, looking at my stuff for seven full days. And so I decided to go seven to two weeks of diving deep. And then it just trailed on to like a month to two months of me just, yeah, I still worked, but minimal. I was like, I've got to do this work. And this work, and this is what I want to share with you, looked like looking at my schedule and going, what is just filling time? What is something that I can delegate or I can just say not now? Because right now, my health, my diving deep into my emotions, into my trauma, into what my body's trying to tell me is paramount. So that was the first thing. And then I decided I'm going to make sure every day I have some type of ceremony where I'm looking and meditating and understanding and asking, what is my body trying to tell me? And it led me down a journey of radical forgiveness. I'm talking radical forgiveness. I don't know if this ever ends. I've been on a forgiveness journey with my ex and myself for years now. And I was shocked to see that there was more there. And I just want to be that mirror that even when we do these healing experiences, I go and do healing experiences. I learn from different healing tribes. But when we do it, there's never an end. We're always progressing. We're always evolving. We're always unlayering. And it called the infinite onion, (laughs) the infinite onion. So I also talked with my uterus. I sent love for the babies that came through for what it did for me. I looked at any person, which was, is very few, (laughs) my ex and my husband, but like that maybe had entered in. And I would, I would recommend that for each one of you. When you have female situations, have you done healing work around the men that you've allowed in or the relationships you've allowed into your sacred vault? And can you clear out their energy? Can you work with it? Can you ask for anything that is not of the highest good to leave? And then I also looked at my lineage of women in my lineage. Where was their power? Where were they shrinking? Where were they not standing in their power? Where were they not standing in their creative knowings? Where were they not standing in their voice? And really looking at my own life, I've lived a great life, but there are some things that I really want to do that are quite creative that I haven't fully, fully stepped in. And I looked at that and asked myself why. And maybe my body's saying, it's go time. Please listen. Please listen. And I looked at the friends I'm keeping, the conversations I'm having, the things I'm doing that I don't really want to do. Maybe the things I really, really want to do and understanding what those things are. And I spent hours in meditation, 
loving myself and really going, why have I stood in front of the mirror so many times and looked at my body and didn't say loving things? This beautiful body that we all get to live in that takes us from A to B and allows us to live out this life experience. We should love it. We should love every inch of it. We are not our bodies. And so I went down that journey and I'm grateful to say that they came back and said there was no cancer. But I realized that I needed to go on this self-love journey regardless. And knowing that there was no cancer and knowing that I still had these fibroids in my body, I asked these fibroids, are you going to shrink <laughs> with my healing or are you? do you want me to remove the uterus? And the big message that I got, and everybody's going to get maybe something different if you're going down this journey, was that I need to recognize, because I think when it comes to our sexual organs, and I talked to a, a friend of mine that's male, and he had his scrotum removed and from complications as a child and then a teen. And then he was like in his early 30s and he removed them because he didn't want the complications. He questioned his masculinity. He wondered how a woman would see him, if he would be able to have kids, all these things. And it, so this is not exclusive just to women. This is inclusive to any of us who have a sexual organ. We place so much value on our sexual organs. I get it. We do. But we are not our sexual organs. I am not my uterus. I'm not my vagina. I am not my ovaries. I am a spiritual being having this very human experience. And so are you. And with that, I decided I to choose vitality, to choose quick vitality through surgery, to remove the uterus because I am not my uterus. And to be able to have, hopefully be able to run. Like I've always loved running and to be able to have more energy and to have relief in my psoas and my hips. And that was a decision I made. And I chose my surgeon very carefully. I decided that I wanted to save my cervix. So I do want to say to all of you women that when you go in and they tell you to, that, that you're opting for a hysterectomy surgery, they typically bunch that all in one. If they're going to save your ovaries because they're like, nothing's wrong with your ovaries. We want to keep your hormones. They'll say, okay, we're going to take your fallopian tubes, your uterus, and your cervix. That's just like the standard. And I was really adamant that there was no need to take my cervix <laughs> because there's also different belief systems around sexual pleasure with your cervix that I'm still exploring, right? So that was a decision I made. And the doctor, the surgeon I chose was like, great, we'll take it out through the belly button. We'll save your cervix. I'm happy to support that. But you will maybe still have a period. It might be very light, but if we keep your cervix, you still have to do a pap smear, maybe have a small period. I was like, fine, I'm good with that. That's great. I'm not trying to release any identity of me with my period. I just want to live a vitality life. I want to live in my fullest so that was a decision I made. So I planned for this surgery. Now I'm going to go into the emotion or like I talked about the emotion. I'm going to talk about the physical things that I did. So the physical things that I did is I decided that I was going to make this the healthiest potential surgery possible in recovery time. And I researched what people were saying about it. And I was like, here's the deal. I am going to build up my core. So I started doing pelvic core exercise. You guys can Google that stuff, start building up pelvic floor. So I started doing that even more. I pretty much, I'm a fitness professional. So I pretty much have a strong core, but I did even more. 
And I started really, because I'm also a food alchemist, I prepped with a really healing soup, which I'll put in the show notes. So you guys, if you want to get that recipe, just go click the follow button of this podcast and we'll make sure you get that recipe. It's in the show notes. So it's in the notes right below the podcast. So you're going to grab that recipe if you want. It's great for anyone. My Everyone loved it in my family. It doesn't matter if you're recovering or not. It's just a super healing, delicious, amazing soup. But it does did help with healing. I also had already had two C-sections. So I understood the importance of bladder protection and your bowel movements. That can go severely wrong if not handled well. So I got prepared with Colace, taking a stool softener two days before surgery. I wanted to get my body used to it. And then the day before surgery, I just did bone broth pretty much. I tried to do soups and bone broth, really liquidy, mild food in my body, nothing heavy, nothing big. And I also made sure that I had protein in my system, that my body was strong before going into surgery. You guys, protein is going to be crucial in your recovery. So I had really healthy protein leading up to the surgery. And then I was prepared with this healing soup with different bone broths of my liking in the fridge and green juices ready to go for when I got out of surgery that I could for a good five days eat somewhat of a light intermittent fasting type meal of really bone broth, green juices, and this healing soup for five days. So that's what I've been primarily consuming. And lots of tea, herbal tea, peppermint tea, things like that. I also prepared with grabbing gas X because they pump your body full of gas so that they can see around in there while they're doing surgery. And obviously Advil and ibuprofen because I do not, I'm not a fan of opiates. They will prescribe them if you need them, take them. But honestly, I think the body recovers quite quicker when you get off opiates and just do Tylenol and ibuprofen and then start weaning off that because you're doing all the things I'm going to share with you. (laughs) So that's how I prepped. That's how I prepped. So I'm like ready to go to go into this surgery. Oh, I also bought a bandage brace that goes around your belly. It kind of protects your body from the incisions and it just holds everything together. Your belly supports your back, things like that. So you guys, I go to go into surgery. I'm ready to go. My surgery is scheduled the day after my birthday. I thought that was quite symbolic. It's the only time they could try to squeeze me in because my year starting in January is nuts with travel. I was like, there's no way I can do this surgery until like, July of 2024. And they were like, okay, the only time we could do is December 14th, 7am. So I had to leave my house at 4.30am. On the way, you know, I obviously did a lot of visualizations of aliens, guides, God, source, whatever highest being possible would come into the surgery room and be with the surgeon. I visualized that. I visualized the surgeon coming out and telling me that that was the smoothest surgery she had ever done that everything went amazing. I saw my body healing quick. I felt my body healing quick. I saw, I felt it. I believed that I would be supported. I asked friends to pray, to visualize only of the highest good of the surgeon and myself, that everything would go for the highest good. On the way to the hospital, I listened to spirit songs. These songs buoyed me up. I prayed. I was nervous. It's very normal to be nervous. I was so nervous. We get to the hospital and they take you into a prep where they put a gown on you. They're putting these like things on your legs to make sure you don't get any blood clots during surgery. And they're ready to put your IV in and something completely 
happens at this point. You are not going to believe what happened. (laughs) So I'm going to share what happened in part two of my surgery update. But let's just say I had to really lean into my guides and intuition. (laughs) So tune into part two. I'm going to try to put it up right away. But what I want you to do really quick, if you want to hear what happened, go up into the upper right hand corner, whether you're listening on Spotify or Apple podcast and click that follow button because then it will notify you when this drops. So click that follow button right now. And I will share what happened and what I'm doing five days post-op. You're not going to believe it. Okay, I'll see you next time. Do you want to hear something really alarming? Did you know over 50 million Americans are dealing with chronic sleep disorder? 50 million, you guys, that's so crazy. It's no secret that sleep is one of the top health elements in the U.S. and many other countries, which is a tragic because it affects a lot of things like weight gain, your hormones, and even your manifesting abilities. I have struggled with sleep myself and over the years have developed a very simple nighttime routine. You guys, I was waking up in the middle of the night with worry, thinking about things from the previous day, employees, the list goes on. But this, my friends, has helped me sleep deeper and helped me manifest faster. You've got that right. So this is a routine that's easy to follow. And I'm going to walk you through step by step how to set up your evening for a restful night's sleep, but also to harness the subconscious mind so that you are creating and manifesting while you're sleeping. I've also included a delicious dream tonic recipe filled with superfoods that helps you get into a dream state. I'm all about dreaming and utilizing this time to drop into the subconscious, to drop into the quantum and to create. So if you want this sleep time routine and this dream tonic, you can get it all absolutely free. I'm going to share all this with you. You're going to go to sleep.danettemay.com. Super easy. Sleep dot danettemay.com so that's sleep s-l-e-e-p dot danettemay d-a-n-e-t-t-e-m-a-y dot com and I know this free guide is going to help you like it's been helping me it's been helping so many people in my high level coaching so go ahead and go to sleep dot com to grab your free sleep guide as well as the dream tonic can't wait